0: Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this.
1: Episode 15. Do you believe we started February 19th? Are so you was, serious? Yeah, February 19th is our first episode. Really? And now we're about to finish. This is 15 episodes. That's we're a gonna, birthday episode. I think episode. we're
0: going do a season, like season one, season two. Well, maybe we should like really tell the listeners what the past 25 minutes looked like the past 25
1: <laughs> minutes yeah because we couldn't decide what we we're going to talk about we didn't know we were like <laughs> we need to wrap up this season what are we going to talk about we look at max our producer for some any suggestions and his only suggestion was if you don't have a topic don't record but <laughs> we do have a topic <laughs> and we decided this is one we're rolling with and we wanted to look back we've had a lot of great guests and a lot of good episodes dan let's Like, where to start here? Some of our favorite moments and and obviously episode one, joining the mortgage game. Yeah, Jeff, that was a really (laughs) good one. When you started throwing out random names and characters for Uh, for people. Today's
0: episode, we talk about our entry into the mortgage industry. The best thing that's ever happened to me, Daniel. Maybe not so much, Paul. No, it was definitely Daniel.
1: It's been life changing. It's been a lot of fun, and to think about how much has happened since we first started. Obviously, the team has grown a lot. Business has grown a lot. You know, you have COVID, you have shutdowns, you have Italy winning the Euros. You Let's got, go. You know, you know Maxi getting kicked off bet 365. A lot of things, no! a lot of th- a lot of things happen. You know, <laughs> Conor McGregor breaks his leg and uh, Dan's so, the most, Dan's like super, you, I don't think you've been more confident than that. Outside of you getting the job as a mortgage specialist. There's not, like, I tried talking you out of it and you took it personally. It was almost like I was telling you, Dan, that shirt doesn't look good on you. And I'm just like, Dan, I, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You got mad that I wanted to put a dollar on Dustin No, Emporia, I didn't get mad that you name. wanted. I got mad that you did. You said you would never talk to me again if I bet on the other guy. And I hung up the phone. Guys, we're not gamblers. I just throw a line $2 here and there. Just you leave.
0: know what's hilarious? Today yeah. we had that meeting with Beep and um, <laughs> she... <laughs> And uh, she was like, Did you guys know each other from before? I know. And she loved like the back and forth of the banter. And I thought it was so funny because she's never listened to the pod. And this is the first time she's met us. And she's a, a prospective administrative assistant that's looking to come on uh, to Clear Trust. And I thought that was really, really funny. So maybe that's what the episode will be about you bashing me.
1: The No, never. We'll never bash you. The banter has definitely been. It's always been there. I think that's what people enjoyed the most. I, if we think about some of the feedback, most of the feedback has been, I really enjoy the banter and then obviously once we started guests on because i I felt like we were running out of topics to talk about to be honest.
0: I think you know? we've given some amazing real life stories and insights about you know what to do on your first day, like where do you go? who do you call what do you you know what do you do? And I think that it's invaluable information, especially coming from two perspectives of Somebody more in the trenches like myself, and then somebody who has the access to 100, 200, 500, and I mean, at this point, I think you've spoken to or I've interviewed probably a thousand mortgage specialists and and mortgage agents, and that gives you a fresh perspective on you know what works, what doesn't work, how to position things, uh, and really how to go out there and work backwards with the with the specific agent to understand, okay, what's your goal, uh, both personal. And business, and then how do you work backwards based on the experience that you've gained over the last, let's call it, I think, ten years. It's been that you've been in mortgages or mortgage managing to get them to that stage. And I think it's it's really invaluable. And then me to be able to talk about the nuts and bolts of you know certain things and the way you handle certain objections and the way you onboard certain business. I think is also something that I would have loved to have when I was starting out. I would have I would have taken and ran with it. So. Not only am I having the best time recording this and I look forward to it, but I think it's it's really helping out people that, you know, want to join the business, are in the business or are thinking about getting into the business.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think where we really felt like we hit our stride was episode three with banker to banker to broker.
0: I think that's our best
1: episode. That was that was one where we felt like, you know what? We're gonna have like a Oh thousand no, Rookie of the Year is our most of viewed the episode. Rookie Year is a really good one too. Yeah. Rookie of the Year is a really good one too. And then obviously, you know, the so you wanna get hired one where you're asking me about what I look for. I feel like Anyone that listens to this that I interview just already knows the answers to to, to my questions now. So that was how uh, about this?
0: The second I saw the drawing for oh, our yes. show, I was sold. Yes, I made the guy go back maybe seventy-seven million. Yeah, you times. weren't
1: happy. You weren't happy about the way it was it was drawn. You don't want to be in a suit. You want your T-shirt, the DF logo, all that fun stuff. It's been a great journey. I feel like we're in that the friends reunion when you know they bring everybody back and but you know, there was, there was so many good ones. We had, you know, Gino, we had Alessandra from Vantage Law. We've had Zvika. Uh, we've had Miguel, we've had Carlo, we've had Max, you know, so we brought in some guests and, and season two is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to bring in a lot more people. We have, we have a really huge guest in the first episode of season two, which I'm really, really excited about to have him on. I know we were supposed to do that for a while. You know, one of the other topics that I think when you we think about feedback that we've been getting from people that listen, what are some of the top feedback that, I mean, you've been gathering from anyone that calls you because you said you get a call people saying, I love the podcast.
0: I always ask, and I think you alluded to this previously about my personalities that don't tell me what I did right or what I did well. Tell me what I did wrong and tell me what you want to see. And I'm having a challenge getting that out of people. I don't know if they want to hurt my feelings. They don't want to hurt my feelings or if there really isn't anything, which I don't believe there to not be, because there's always a place to improve. But the feedback that I'm getting is that when we took that two-month hiatus, I was getting messages being like, where's the pod? Like the impact that you and Paul are setting onto the broker community is invaluable. And it's kind of refreshing that you sit there, take the time and talk about real things when it comes to mortgage brokering. And I guess overall sales activities and management and it's just such a rewarding feeling because like I said, I have the best time doing this. Like yeah, I could sit here all day.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I get a lot of messages too from, from you know people on LinkedIn that I, I really don't expect saying I love the podcast and, and that type of stuff. I think the feedback I get, as I say, I digress too much. So I try to stop that. And then the other main feedback that we get is, uh, is, is mainly all positive about, you know, just people loving it. I think, I think we can make some adjustments probably to like some of the intro stuff and maybe doing a recap. I know we've heard that from other podcasts and stuff like that, which I think that's in the works. Uh, Daniel's working on that. So I'm going to might be able to remove my favorite part when I get to say what episode it is. But other than that, I think it's been really, really fun and it's been a great, uh, just, I don't know, it's been an amazing experience. So I, I agree with you. One of the topics that we haven't dived into yet is At what point should a top producing agent get help, right? Hire an assistant, build, build a team. And so Dan, I know for you at the big institution, you didn't have one and you were cracking close to. Well, I hired one at. uh,
0: Oh yeah, you did actually. Yeah. She was awesome. But it was part, it was part time brain cramp there. Thing. yeah no I had one I can't remember if it was 40 or 50 yeah you were close to right on the cusp I totally forgot about that yeah we did yeah I you had one. a yes. part-timer she was awesome yeah she was in uh underwriting actually and I got my first taste that I can't remember if it was 40 or 50 million I think it was in between there I think yeah
1: we, we knew as you were trajectory up there we had to get you one so from the institution you got one you come over to the broker side obviously you knew from the onset you needed.
0: Oh, I, I I didn't join a brokerage without letting them know that if they don't have an assistant ready for me, not that I'm one, cause I am because i was not bringing mine over. She wanted to stay because of the benefits that I'm not joining. Right. So Clear Trust actually had somebody ready for me the second I started and I've had, I've, I've never not had an assistant going forward. So I'm at a point where I'm, what am I, a four or three? I'm at three now. You're at three. Yeah. I'm at three and I'm looking for a fourth. Right. Uh, and it's not like a pride thing. I I want to be able to not work 10 hours on a Sunday. I want to be able to leave the office at, you know, latest eight, nine o'clock. I want to be able to spend a little bit more time with my family. And and I love what I do. And I will live here if I had to, which I almost do. Hmm. But it gets to a point where there's downward pressure from family and friends and, and girlfriends and boyfriends and everything where it's just like, when's it too much, but it's not, I don't sit here and count every dollar that's made. I I feel rewarded when I help my clients. I enjoy doing deals. It's, it's stimulating. It's not all about the money for me. And I just want to be able to offload some of the work that can be done, not by me and really focus on why people want to work with me, which is my knowledge and my way of putting together files and and getting files approved and having access to some of the things that other brokers don't have access to because of my experiences and my relationships. And that's what I want to do. And I want to be out there thanking my customers and my referral sources on a day-to-day basis, instead of sitting in front of my computer for 14, 15 hours a day. And that's really where this is stemming from. So a fourth is on the way. And if I was a new agent starting in this business as a mortgage agent, I would be hiring an assistant at consistently funding $2.5 million a month. If you're consistently funding $2.5 million a month and at least 25 to $30 million a year on a consistent basis. You need to be able to scale back on the amount of underwriting, fulfillment, and compliance that you're doing in order to be out in the streets to take that 25 to 30 million, not to 40, but to 50 faster than the individual who's being short-sighted and saying, I'm not going to pay $50,000 and I'm not saying that's what assistants get paid. I'm just throwing out a number because I could do the work myself. But what you're doing is you're actually giving away a lot of business because you can't be in two places at once and you're being spread too thin. Because the goal here, in my opinion, is to grow this as much as possible. And for you to be spending endless hours a night or a day fulfilling and doing compliance on files, just not a good use of your time.
1: Yeah, I agree, I think you answered I had two questions uh, as I was listening to you. So uh, you hit on a lot of good points. The first one is, you know, what level of production should someone start considering an assistant, which which you mentioned? The second piece is you said when you decided to join ClearTrust or any brokerage had to have an assistant So for you. So if there's people thinking about getting into the business and let's say a brokerage doesn't have an assistant prepared for them? What would be your suggestion is do you join somewhere that has a mortgage underwriting hub? Do you ask the brokerage to help find you an assistant? Like what would be your, your suggestion on that? If someone really needs to start with one,
0: I think it's a loaded question because is the person that's joining coming with an existing history of having an assistant or are they newer to the business and looking to grow and then potentially hire an assistant. Like where are we at with that because yeah, no, my,
1: th- my thought is that as people reach out or they're listening to this and they're coming into the brokerage and let's say they're they're doing 30 plus million at wherever a bank, another institution, another brokerage, and they ask the broker owner, hey, I need an assistant. That's the only way I'm joining. I'm I guess I'm trying to get some more insight or intel from you to say if the brokerage doesn't have that, what should you be asking for or whatnot, because we just brought in a big producer who uh, had an assistant at the bank. They didn't, they, that person didn't follow similar, similar suit, but we worked very hard to, to hire them an assistant ASAP, right? Like we, we found that just cause we don't have, we don't have right now a mortgage underwriting hub, right? We so have some
0: folks that could help, but I think, I think you're being modest and I don't know why you're not sharing the fact that when we onboard uh, producers that need assistance, we help them find an assistant. And then we train their assistant based on what's worked for the best of the best in terms of process and what they should be touching. So we are on the horizon of hiring a few really big producers yep. who are coming with multiple assistants. And we've set up a team, and I'm not sure if I'm okay to share this, yeah, yeah. we've set up a team where we will be training new assistants slash the assistants that they bring over if they decide to bring them over to be able to have that transition be seamless. But we don't have an underwriting hub. And the reason I think we don't have an underwriting hub is because sharing a underwriter in our brokerage specifically hasn't proven to be the best practice where we've allowed the opportunity for agents to train and and bring their own assistants over. And if they wanna take advantage of of our training facilities for their their assistance, we've obliged to that. And we started this program as a function of the bigger producers needing the, the transition to be seamless. We didn't wake up one day and say, we need to build out a whole new team to help train assistants. We're getting feedback that the transition can be a little bit strenuous where we want to make it seamless because big producers and institutional banks don't like change. They're very comfortable and complacent, which could be good and bad. So in order for people that are, you know, having thoughts about changing into the broker side, we've built out this whole infrastructure so that they come in and they can start underwriting and submitting and, 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 and funding deals right away. Yeah, it's true. And we also review the first, you know, Five deals that they do, that they submit. Yeah, but that's always up. been a standard practice. Yeah, but.
1: yeah. But I'm saying, you know, they they have us to come for questions, and we do the training, and we have a whole we have a whole process in place. So we do have a big support system. So that's a great
0: point. And absolutely. And I think that to talk about the underwriting hub, I think that it's been on our desk a few times already, and it's been something that's been proposed, and it's something that we're probably going to move forward with. Yeah. It just has has to be the right fit. Right. And we want to make sure that that person can service more than one broker and we feel as though, or I mean, I can't say we, I feel as though having a dedicated assistant slash underwriter for a higher producing mortgage agent breeds better results. Right. So
1: what would you say to someone who is producing? Because there's, there's quite a few producers that are doing 40, 50, 60 million that say, I just can't like, I, I can't give up control of my files. I, I can't, I need to have, I need to be touching it. I, I can't see myself hiring someone else. What would you say to them to make the plunge and how much it actually is going to help advance your business?
0: I'm one of those guys, Paul. We've heard it, right? I mean, you I'm, said I'm that too. I'm one of too. those guys. Like I was always taught that if you want something to be done right, you have to do it yourself. Right. But in this business, there are so many aspects and components that you're not going to be the best at every single component. For example, myself, I think we spoke about this today. I hold myself to the highest regard in everything that I do.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I am not the most organized person in the world. I am organized. I can run an $80 million book without an assistant. I don't want to, but I can. I think at 100, I would be kind of a little bit over the place, but at 80 million, I could do it. But why would I do something that I'm not 100% great at and that's time-consuming and taken away from me going to get out more business? Why, why, there's no reason why I would do that. It's a very simple ex- expression. If it takes me an hour to cut my grass, how much is that hour going to cost me if I were to do it myself or if I were to work and hire somebody else to do it for me? Right. Where would I make more money? Right. A lot of people are a little short-sighted to say I'll save the whatever it costs $50 to have somebody mow my lawn, but it'll take me an hour and then I'll go back to work. But if you calculate per hour, you make $100. So now you've given up $50 and that's the way I look at it. Now with the control piece, you have no idea how easy it is to delegate things, delegate things to your staff. As long as you teach them and show them how you want it to be done and if you're patient with them now it's gonna take time it's very challenging you do it piece by piece but over time as they see your process as they see how you want things done they will replicate you and even help you improve it which is one thing that has allowed me to give up some reins when it comes to fulfillment compliance what did I say? Fulfillment, fulfillment compl- compliance. compliance. And um, there's one more. Because I, oh, no, I do the underwriting right oh, now. Fulfillment, compliance. Um. I guess that's it. Fulfillment and compliance. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't do any fulfillment and compliance today. Do you mean to cut your grass? No. No, thank you. Okay. I think your hourly wait rate is higher than
1: $50. Yeah, I was considering it, as you told me. Maybe if I come twice a week.
0: <laughs> no, I don't want no, I to. No, I think my honestly, rest. it totally makes sense.
1: And I've heard it over the years with large producers, you know, in production just, no, I need to touch every single file. I'm too busy and I can't foresee myself being able to train someone. And there's all these things. But when you really break it down, even just for numbers and cents, the amount, you know, how many deals you have to bring in to pay for the assistant. That's, that's
0: another, like, right? I can, Paul, I can sit here for the next hour with you. And I can break down every number, every deal, and show you that it makes sense. I'm and love to I love that because I
1: do have dinner in an hour because, but I, with my family. But otherwise, I could stay here all day with you because it does make sense.
0: Do- oh, and yeah. I wouldn't say it, you know, just for to say it. I agree
1: with you for sure. So it's all great, and I think I think a lot of people have asked us this question, and I know on the questions from the listeners. That was one of the things, You know, when do you get an assistant or, and then and I remember you mentioning in that episode that one of the best moves that you've made was hiring You know, a few assistants, right? If it so, was up
0: to me, yep. I would have 10 of them right now. Obviously I can't afford it, but- The value. The, the, the value, the value is so there. The value idea. And what's awesome is that assistants don't have to be looked at in an archaic fashion they can be a part of the business. They can bring in business. That's right. There's there's so many opportunities to compensate them and and make them feel rewarded. There's no salary caps like there are in institutions. Yeah. There's no restrictions. It's just a team being grown in order to service more and more people and to keep that level of customer service. And that's the way I looked at it because if, I, if you're gonna grow and grow and grow your customer service is going to become thinner and thinner and thinner if you don't have people to help manage that. And your job is the face of the business is to be there and to put out fires and to make sure that you know, the files are getting done. But the admin work on the back end, it's not required for you to do. You can give that up. And please remember, they're going to make mistakes. It's going to take time for them to learn. Patience, patience, patience. That's right. And you know, it's, it's going to be the biggest blessing. You're going to go from 25 million to 50 million much faster than somebody who's going to go from 25 to 50 without an assistant. I yeah, just, I, agree. I believe that like wholeheartedly. I agree.
1: Season one could have been done without our producer, Max, who's been literally by our side for every episode. And so Max, if we had to ask you favorite moments or favorite episode besides the one that you were in, because you got to sit in and listen to all the guests and I'm sure it's been a great learning for you. Any insight on, on that piece on what you would like to say from uh, top moments or your favorite episode?
2: So I was going to say, obviously, my episode is my favorite because, of, of obviously, I really enjoyed being on the episode on the microphone side as opposed to the computer side. Right. But am I allowed to spoil potentially an episode that's not out yet? Sure.
0: Mm. Why? I don't know what he's talking about. I know what he's talking about. Don't okay, spoil no, it. Don't spoil it, Max.
2: Okay. So I'm going to need one second to pull this together because I just don't know the name of the episode. Just but what do we point. talk about? Basically, joining the industry as a new agent, kind of what were your first, I believe we talked your first 90 days, what those look like those really really sat with me because when you recorded those episodes yes I was past the 90 day mark but so much of that stuff that you guys gave out was is stuff that I implemented into my business right like right at that time and it really is invaluable just the little the little tips and tricks you guys give out on that episode specifically on how to build your business from the ground up as opposed to shooting for the stars on day 1 I find it so valuable the infrastructure Building infrastructure as opposed to just hitting the ground running and grabbing everything in sight. I think that years down the road, I'll look back at tips I took from that episode and be thankful I implemented them as early as I did.
1: I wonder if that was the art of discipline, or meat of potatoes or prospecting, or banker to broker. But I mean, it honestly might have, been, it might have been. It might have been.
2: Which one? It might have been a mixture of all of it, all because of I feel like the, all three episodes you just named, I, I vividly remember pulling stuff from. So I'll go with those ones, and then again, every guest you've had. I, I think I said to you right before this episode, you, you're picking guests very strategically in terms of, it's not the same story every time you had a lawyer, Private insurance, lender, insurance. Pri- it's, you're, you guys are all over the place, which I really appreciate as a listener, as a listener, we had a new, a listener, we, we
0: had a new agent, older a new agent, a seasoned agent, a I mean, yeah, yeah, we had we, Carlo yeah, we did, telling us had the had social a failed media agent. side
2: of stuff, a failed, yeah, honestly, you guys, you're really picking guests strategically, which I think, as a listen, it's not repetitive. Every episode is really different, which is, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I think the fact that you get to tell us that, uh, you know, where we have listeners from and that it's evolved uh, around, you know, Portugal and England and Holland and stuff like that, I think that's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's been a lot of fun and that's really a wrap for season one. I have a question episodes. for Maxi. Oh, you do? Yeah.
0: Okay. Max, first year in mortgage brokering, technically. No no real Canadian mortgage brokering, like full brokerage experience coming from insurance on the underwriting side. You funded or have closed year to date, how much? Uh, Funded volume, we're at just over 15 million. Okay, we're in what, July? We're in the middle of July. What do you expect to to do for the rest of the year? I'll be honest
2: where I'll say, I would be just super disappointed in myself. And I know you would just
1: degrade me. I don't me. want,
2: don't max. <laughs> make no, Paul, sure honest- oh, is this
1: like a rerun of that last episode? 20, or 20
2: what? million is, I have to hit 20 million this year. I, I've come too far not 18, to get to 20. 18. Yeah, Paul has me at 12. <laughs> I'm Did really surpa- stretch, I'm stretching for 25 to 30. That's where I want to be at this year. I think I'm in too good of a position not to get there to take advantage of where I'm at
0: already. So give me one strategy that you've taken out of the pod because you've been you've been here every time we record one strategy that you've taken away from the pod that has transformed your business whether it's for myself or Paul
2: I really think it's it's the way that you guys continuously talk about relationship building to the point where yes your clients are the borrowers but at the same time the the referral sources and the center of influences are so important to your business and to not just treat them like as transactional as some might, but to really build relationships with them naturally, of course, but outside of business to the point where picking up the phone and talking to these, these, these center of influences becomes second nature to you, like you're calling a friend of yours. And I think that's so important because first of all, something that I've noticed is when, not when things go south, but when there are just things that you need to handle immediately with a deal, having the luxury of just calling somebody that you're comfortable speaking with is makes this job so much easier. And that's something that I've really focused on with my personal, my realtors and referral sources. If, something, if there's something I need answered, it's not awkward or uncomfortable or I have to book an appointment, I could pick up the phone and call these people right away. And a lot of the reason why I, I value that so much is because of how you guys explain, especially, I mean, when you're explaining building your business, Having that relationship with referral sources is so important. And the second one, I'll give a, a two-piecer to that. It's the BDMs and the underwriters at the banks. Building a relationship beyond just emailing and and kind of that, that boring, I guess, cookie-cutter email type type strategy that you use. Knowing these people on a personal level just makes everything so easy that when when you need when you have a question or you need something answered, but beyond just that, it's enjoyable working with these people, which I find so valuable for me because I, I think I'm a social guy. Being able to really just enjoy speaking with the people you work with as opposed to using them for the work you need done, I think is so valuable, and that's something I pulled from you guys directly.
0: Close us out, Paul. Season one. That was great.
1: (laughs) I got to say, Dan, you've become really comfortable in front of the mic from when we started. Was I uncomfortable? No, you weren't uncomfortable. There was just, you know, I just- I was swearing too much with you. you know, no, had, no. Episode
2: one, you had a little bit of sweat coming down. You were yeah, a little one, Yeah, and then less edits. Like we
0: almost can
1: do these without even editing yeah, anything yeah. at all
2: now, you know? So
0: it's Are you gonna a sing way. for us? End of season one, you gotta do something. You guys don't know what Paul is in. It's inc- coming, Rome. It's <laughs>
1: coming, Rome. That's what they were saying because everyone was saying, England, it's coming home, but we change it to it's coming, Rome. What do you want me to sing? Every time everyone keeps Paul asking, I- I've done. I've done
0: an incredible voice. No, no, no. Give I've us done, something from I've Disney. Done,
1: I've done uh, Start Spreading the News, Disney. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's get <laughs> a little Disney going. No, I'm not doing Maybe Disney. a little Mulan? No, Mulan? Yeah. No, That's no, my no, favorite no, Disney no, movie. No.
1: Let's get down to business. There you go. That's all oh! I got for you. To defeat the Huns. That's Cat's favorite movie. How do I know Disney? I don't know. Maybe we can cut that piece out. Anyways. No, why would we cut that out? Know. All right. It's been a pleasure. Let's hope to double our listeners. Season two,
0: man. It's going to be, the first episode's a banger. Listen, there's very,
1: Maxi, I want you to look up when or what show has season two been better than season one? Because it's always, I always find that like part two of, of a movie is never as good as part one, but we got to think about it.
2: I have one in mind. Give me one. Oh, Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour 2
0: I personally was adore more well, than Rush Hour, Rush than two Rush Rush hour, two hour 1 Rush and I think Dan agrees with me. I have a couple scenes in there that are Rush just Rush Hour
2: is money and I think season 2 of The Excellence of Execution will follow. Wow. We got to end I'm on confident. that. Confident.
0: No, listen, I have the best time whatever happens happens and you know if people get even 1 ounce or one thing that they can do to improve their business and you know make their lives a little bit easier or make a little bit more money or you know get to that next level. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really we gotta happy. bring in
1: cameras soon. Your, your fade is fresh today. That beard and that hair. No one, can I thought see it.
0: yes. Sure. Listen to this. Okay. Seven o'clock hits last night. Okay. I'm like, I'm staring at my computer. I've been working since 4 30 in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to work anymore today. Right. Okay. Which is rare. Yeah. I go out. I got to go to, I had to go to Canadian tire. Is that okay? who's sponsoring this episode? Yeah. I had to go to Canadian Tire. I go to Canadian Tire. It's like 8 30. Yeah. I'm on my way home. Uh-oh, you I back. get home. Yeah. Okay. It's like 9 15. At night. Up. I go up. Yeah, I go upstairs. You look I'm at your s- calendar. Starving. It's storming? I'm starving.
1: Oh, you're starving? Starving. Got you. Okay. You think we have I'm, new hire training? I'm eating,
0: I'm eating Yeah. pickles out of the jar. No. I took them out of the jar. Okay. With, with coleslaw. Pickles Kit. and coleslaw. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Homemade. Shout out Maria. And it's like 1030. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have new hire bootcamp tomorrow on camera. Oh, yes, I was not lined up. Beard was big. Yeah. Too big. Yeah. 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 I called a barber. Your boy. My boy. You Levi. Shout, shout out Levi. I go, are you still at the office? That's what I say to him. I say, I are agree. you at the office? Barbershop, right? he goes yes wow your lucky day i said don't leave he said i'm not i get in my car i You're, get
1: <laughs> what you have a future in stories if nothing else <laughs> in
0: storytelling I get, I get in my car i drive right. to the barbershop okay i'm there like 11 i love it i get cut yeah i had a bottle of water right and I went home. Yeah, couldn't fall asleep till two in the morning. Right, back up at four thirty. Back at the office Re- to realize it's not today. To realize it's not today. Yeah, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow on Thursday.
2: I was waiting for the story because I'm like, I swear I've seen you all day. <laughs> when was this? this uh, when was this boot? This
1: camp guy thing? took half of our episode <laughs> to tell that story. You gotta love it.
0: It was a pretty good story. It was a great. Oh, story. I almost ran out of gas. And then what happened was I have a diesel. <laughs> I have a diesel. Okay. So I go to the gas station. Yeah. I've never had this happen to me in my life. Okay. The diesel nozzle is meant for big like trucks. Right. It doesn't fit in my car. Right. Then I realized when I bought the car, it came with a, like a coat. What's this thing called? The cone, you know? Right. You know what I'm talking about? What's it called?
2: Like an extra piece. Like an extra piece. piece But that didn't work either. So I'm
0: holding the cone with this heavy handle. Okay. I'm almost running out of gas. Yeah. And I can't fill up half a tank. I have to go the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm holding it. Like it's, it's like four inches away from the hole right with the cone and I'm standing there for 30 minutes because I can't press it all the way I gotta hold it but it's okay I got the gas in it was all good and now I have a full tank so guys don't worry I didn't run out of gas or have to call CAA
2: I was on the edge of my seat (laughs) that might
1: been that might have been like the gas part was probably the worst story you've said on this podcast (laughs) I almost ran out of gas like, like it's worse than probably some we've cut out well, we'll keep it in just in case someone like needs an extra two minutes of our podcast and if they can relate
0: to running out of you gas. Don't, you don't think and people run out of gas? Diesel. One time, on gas. time I ran out of gas on okay, 427. Okay, let's stop, guys. That's My a father wrap. had to Cut come get up. me at 12 o'clock at night. It was raining. Oh, okay, Your fa- Okay, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Give you one more night. One more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business